It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. When I was a kid growing up, my family, everybody, it was kind of one of the things that they did. They played moon. Anybody know what that is in dominoes? Got one person who knows what moon is. Got two people back. Okay. All right. Um, and what you do is you, you get uh, dominoes and of the same suit, for instance, like sixes, however many sixes that you have there. And if you think that you can lead out with that and catch a hand, uh, then that's how many points that you bid. Okay. See, you, you know you're going to come to church today and learn how to play moon. I never thought. But uh, so you bid on that on how many that you think you can catch in that suit. Well, it, you know, it could be fours. It could be threes it could be whatever you know well there was a time whenever you just maybe have uh, a lot of doubles and you say follow me and you just you know and you'd lead those out and catch and so it wasn't any main suit it was just uh you were going to catch these and, and 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 bring it in and to to make your point make your bid that's kind of the way it is this morning there's not necessarily a main text but it's a there's this general thought today of of uh, what God, one of his promises to us. So we're going to look at some different scriptures and talk about some things and some wisdom keys, if you will, about a subject of uh, how to overcome brokenness and bitterness. Usually, bitterness will follow brokenness if we don't trust the Lord and, and turn things over to him and, and get healing in this or, or get assurance and, and gain what we need to gain in him if we're left to ourselves, a lot of times bitterness comes after brokenness. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever been broken? Maybe you're broken now. You know, the way the world sees brokenness is it's something that's it's no good anymore. It's something to throw out. It's not of any use anymore. Aren't you glad that God takes the broken and he heals us? He heals the brokenhearted. He's, he uses us. In the 27th chapter of Acts, the Apostle Paul and uh, Dr. Luke, they were on the, not Luke Skywalker, this was Luke, they were on this trip, and uh, they'd been prisoners, and, or, and Paul was a prisoner, and they were taking him to Rome, where he would be held and go uh, have a, a trial, and that's ultimately where Paul died. And uh, one thing about this is that you can't die until you get to your Rome. You can't, get, you can't die until you get to where your, your, your ending is, all right? So Paul's on this trip. And uh, it's kind of like things go from bad to worse. That ever happened to anybody in your life? Seem like things are bad, but then like you turn around and say, what is going on? Things just begin to fall apart. Uh, a- as we're thinking about this, I want you to think about this little, this little statement about how to, uh, or don't fall apart, fall into place. Okay? So when things are falling apart, don't fall apart. You fall into place, into your place in the body of Christ and in Christ and get your strength. So... They're on this ship, and they're taking this journey, and so uh, things get to get a little, a little hairy as far as the water goes. You know, you know how the hurricanes and stuff come up. So they pulled into one port. I thought they ought to stay there, and all the discussion, you know, um, the, those, the powers that be said, no, you can make it. It's fine. Go ahead and go. Well, they're, they're the ones that wanted their cargo, going to get money off the cargo, so they were urging them to go on. And the Apostle Paul had, uh, and an angel had spoken to him and said, you know, they shouldn't go on. You know, there'll be great harm to the ship and all the cargo. None of the passengers will, uh, n- you know, will be killed or be lost. But, you know, th- some things are going to happen. So he warned them, and they didn't listen to him. They left Fairhaven, and out they went. And it said a big storm came up, and it was bad. Uh, they were right in the middle of a hurricane. 
and they threw out four anchors. I, I preached a series on this a long time ago. I probably ought to bring it back, but four anchors, uh, and they wished or prayed for day. In that, they make it through this night, and they're thinking, man, we've got to get someplace where uh, you know, the boat's going to be destroyed, and it's going to be dashed on the rocks, so we need to find a place where at least it's safe where we can go on in. And so they're looking for a place, and they kind of find this harbor, and, and uh, they begin to throw out everything, try to slow it down, and uh, the, the centurion, he hollered at him, okay, everybody <laughs> bail out and swim to the shore. They were getting ready to kill the, pas- the prisoners because they, if any of the prisoners escaped, then the, the soldiers would be held responsible for it. So they were going to kill them all. But the centurion, he liked Paul, and so he said, no, let's don't, don't kill them. You know, um, we'll just you know, let, let them live. And so we, we come up with verse 44 here in the 27th chapter, or verse 42, if you, if you will. And uh, so all this is going on. They had a, uh, things are being... Uh, they've thrown off all the cargo. Uh, they've had to wrap cables around the ship to keep it from busting apart. They've lost about everything that there is. And verse f- uh, 42 in, in Acts chapter 27, it says the, the soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from, from uh, swimming away and escaping. But the centurion warned, uh, wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. Verse 44, the rest were to get there on planks or on pieces of the ship. In, wi- in this way, everyone reached land in safety. So the, the ship was tore apart. There's planks and stuff, you know, or being tore apart. And so here's pieces of the ship flying around or floating all around. And so he says, you know, grab a piece of the, the ship and just uh, and, and head for shore. When things are breaking apart... One of the things that we need to know is that, that you can make it into, you can go ahead and you can make it in safe on broken pieces. And a lot of times uh, people don't think, you know, we, we look at the brokenness in our life and we just want to discard it. We want to get rid of it. But God has a different way of looking at things. And so one of the things that you need to settle in your mind is when everything's falling apart, you don't need to fall apart. You need to fall into place, into God's strength, into his protection, under his shelter, and know that you can make it in, uh, in safe on broken pieces amen amen so um don't fall apart just fall into place you need to get that into your head uh grab a broken piece and and get to shore is what the centurion was saying and that's what we need to to say into our own lives today in the midst of your storm your brokenness uh find a broken piece and get to shore there in, in verse 44, they just, you know, grab a bro- broken piece of, of this ship that's broken and, and use it, utilize it. Now, I, as we go through this, I'm going to share some facts with you, and maybe we'll, I'll throw some in there to see if we agree or disagree, and then also these keys to help us to uh, overcome brokenness and bitterness. One of the facts, first of all, that you need to be assured of is in your time of brokenness, or if you're not going through a storm or any brokenness right now, might as well count on it that it will come. But the fact is that the ship will never be what it was, okay? Let's look at this. Let's examine this story. And so, you know, what if they're saying, well, you know, I ain't jumping. I ain't, you know, I'm not swimming. I'm waiting for a, a ship, one that's all together, to come by. So I'll just wait here until this ship gets, until this ship, till my ship gets all back together. Well, you need to realize that things will never be as they were. As they were. The ship is never going to be what it was. 
uh, your situation, your circumstance, whatever it was when you went into this storm, whatever's broken now will never be what it was. The second fact is, is that uh, you can't be saved by what it was. You can't be saved by what it was because it ain't no more. There ain't no ship anymore. You can't save, be saved by what it was, but you can, you can only be saved by what it is. Everybody say what it is. Can't be saved by what it was. You can only be saved by what it is. Now, a lot of times we get into our head certain things. Maybe we've gone through a, a situation before and we did this or we did that and it worked. And, uh, you know, Samson, when he was, uh, during his trials or not trials but his his escapades i guess we should say you know many times the delilah would say oh the, the philistines are upon you and he'd shake himself and he'd break the new the ropes or he'd do this or that or whatever and he was saved by you know that so you know he always just thought well i can always take care of things because that's the way it is well that's the way it was you know he woke up that one time and the, his secret of his strength was gone and so he couldn't be saved by what it was the only way he could be saved by what it is and what it is is that god is an ever-present help in our time of need we need not to look back on our own strength or on the strength of something else or whatever has happened in the past because you know the past is behind us and uh, or as pumba said in the lion king get your get your uh you're behind past you. He kind of got messed up, but instead of getting your behind past you, get your past behind you and realize that um, you can't be saved by what it was. You can only be saved by what it is. Now think about that. Write that down. Jot these things down to, to be use these things in the midst of your, uh, your storm. We're prepping, all right? We're going to be preppers today. You're preparing for the things ahead. So here's a key. Here's a key. What you have is what you need. What you have is what you need. What you have now is what you need now. So what you have is what you need. In the circumstance or situation, if you're going through a trial or tribulation right now and you're looking for deliverance, you don't need to wait for the ship to get better because the ship ain't what it was, okay? So what you have is what you need. Uh, what's in your hand, David? Oh, a sling and five stones. Well, I'm going to wait till I can get me a big spear and, uh, and a bow and some arrows and take out this guy. No, what, no. What, what do you have in your hand? What's available? Remember when the prophet went to the, the, the woman there and she was, um, you know, things were falling apart into her, in her life. She was just going to get some, gather some sticks and fix a fire and, and, and she had a little bit of grain, going to put a meal. She was going to make a, uh, you know, a little, little bread, a little tortilla and uh, her and her son were going to eat it and then they were going to die, you know. And uh, he said, well, what's in your hand? What do you have? Well, nothing, but, you know, this is all I got. This is all I got. This is a little bit of meal. Well, don't, don't fall apart, you know. Uh, fall into place, you know. Get in line here with God and his miracles, and the miracle power of God will take care of it. You know, Lord, we got all these people out here, and they're hungry, and they need to be fed. And he says, what's in your hand? Well, all we got is five loaves and two fish. Well, what you have is what you need. All right, so jot that down. What you have is what you need. Everybody say, what I have is what I need. Well, when I win the lottery, then I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to help with the parking lot. I'm going I'm to do this. I'm going to do that. And you know what? If you can't give $5 now, you ain't going to give $5 million some other time. Hello. What you have is what you need. What you have uh, at your disposal is what you need for your miracle. Amen. And so, um, you know, if they would have said, you know, well, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for something else to happen, they'd have drowned. They, they'd, 
sit right there and drown. But they took, uh, they took what is uh, and not what was and uh, said, it's not what it used to be, but it's still enough to, to get me out of this mess. They took what they had, they took what is, and said, it ain't what it was, but I don't need what it was. It is what it is, and I'm using it right now for God, and let God take it and use it. I'm going to make it on what I got left. Say that. I'm going to make it on what I got left. We don't look, care too much for leftovers, but, um, you know, God, he looks at the leftovers. And uh, the disciples, he had 12 disciples and they were pretty much left over, you know. If they weren't left over, they'd have been with some other rabbi already getting teaching. But they were back at doing their own thing. They were fishing and doing everything like that. So they were rejects. They were leftovers. Let me tell you, God loves to take leftovers and make gourmet meals out of them. Amen. Sandy likes to watch the Home Garden Channel. And so... Since we're one together, you know, we watch that together. And so the cooking channel comes on, and all the times I have, what's the name of that? Um, chopped. There's a, anybody ever see the, that show Chopped? And so they'll give them this basket of ingredients, this crazy weird stuff, and they have to make something out of it. Well, I think that's pretty cool, because I thought, you know what? That's, the, that's my life in that basket. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Oh, right. I mean, they get some weird stuff, don't they? I mean, some weird stuff. <laughs> I'm like, that's me. That's me in the basket. And God says, oh, man, I can take this and I can make a, a, a gourmet meal out of this. You know, this is going to be more than enough. Praise God. So we need to say, you know what? I'm going to make it on what I got left. I can't make it on what I lost. It's gone. That's what it used to be. I can't make it on what I used to have. We don't have it anymore. You know, I can't make it off of what I used to be. Well, I remember when... And some be, so many people living in the past, and they were, they're living off of what used to be, and, and they remember when, uh, you know, uh, they just say, you know, I, I can't make it off of what we used to do. Well, we used to do it this way, and we used to do that, this and that, whatever. Well, it ain't used to anymore. It's now. And so now we got to make it on what, what is and what God is providing right now at this, circ at this situation, at this given time. I can't be what I was yesterday. I can only take what I've got left. So what I have is what I need. Did you get that key? What I have is what I need. So stop uh, procrastinating. Stop saying you can't because of what you don't have. And look at what you have and say that's more than enough for God. Oh, yeah, I don't know if y'all getting this this morning. Y'all got to work extra hard because all those other people thought they were going to melt when they stepped out into the raindrops going to hit them, you know. Maybe really it was like that wizard on the Wizard of Oz, that witch when the, when the water hit. Oh, <laughs> Y'all going to have to help me out this morning. <laughs> um, you know, and, and God doesn't promise to save our boat. He, he promises to save, save me. So he didn't come and save the boat. <laughs> he saved me. That's what I got to look at. Thought, Man, that, <laughs> that boat's gone. You know, I feel sorry for some of the stuff that I have. <laughs> it's it going to get hit. Uh, whatever, but God didn't promise to save the boat. He promised to save me, right? And so, you know, uh, he, he, he takes the broken things and uses it. Remember Jesus at the night when he was betrayed? It says uh, he, he took the bread and he said, this is my body that is 
broken for you. God likes to take the broken to work the miraculous. And so God uses broken. What kind of, uh, what's acceptable before the Lord? What kind of spirit is acceptable before the Lord? A broken and contrite spirit. Sometimes if we don't know how to break ourselves, God steps back and allows certain trials and tribulations to come into our life to break us. But better be careful and don't let your brokenness go into bitterness. Don't let it make you bitter. Let it make you better. Amen. Uh, so you can make it on the pieces. You can make it on the leftovers. And uh, don't worry about the boat because God didn't. If, if I'd have needed the boat, God would have, you know, he'd, he'd give me another boat or he would have washed over. But I don't need that, right? I, all I need is God. And, and he can take the broken pieces and he can get me to shore. He can save me. He can rescue me. You know, um, people don't. Uh, people today don't know how to make it on the pieces. My mom, she used to take, uh, she'd take leftovers or whatever, and she'd make stuff, you know, whatever. I remember, and we didn't live, you know, there weren't Walmarts close at hand when I was growing up. In fact, we lived on Lake Texoma, which was kind of nice, but you had to drive 20 or 30 miles to a city to, you know, where they had kind of more of a shopping center. I mean, they had places you could go in and get, uh, you know, small stuff, but you know, we'd go maybe once a week or whatever. We'd go to Ardmore, Duran, or Denison, Texas, you know, because we were right there on the border. And so a lot of times you didn't have that, and you had to just get by on the pieces, right? Mama could make gravy without milk. Amen? You know, uh, she could make a lot of things without, without all the other stuff, but just knew how to get by on the pieces. Now, my dad could fix anything. With just some bailing wire and some duct tape. I don't even know if duct tape was around right back then, but he'd take the pieces and, and fix it because you didn't have uh, an auto zone. You didn't have a Home Depot. You didn't have those things just right at your disposal. You had to get it done. If you were out in the field and you were uh, harvesting, because for a while he would had uh, a lot of big harvest equipment, combines and stuff like that, and they would go and, and, uh, and do that kind of stuff. But anyway, you know, you just had to fix it. Just had to get, and it used to kill me. As I'd be thinking, you know, well, we need to go get a part now. We're not, you know, I have time to take off and go. And he'd fix it somehow or another. He'd fix it. He'd get by on the pieces. We need to learn how, in a way, we need to learn how to get by on the pieces. You know, when after they Jesus fed the multitude, uh, they went around and what did they pick up? The pieces. They picked up the pieces, and it was twelve basketfuls, and it was more enough to take care of all the the apostles as well, right? So, you know, God can take the pieces, and He can still work miracles. I don't know if y'all are gonna get this today or not. <laughs> um, you know, today people don't know how to get by without a microwave or without certain things like that. But you know, we never had that, and so sometimes we got to learn how to do that. Um, so here's a key. What you have is, is what you need. Gave you that one. So here's another key. You can't always wait for the perfect moment. Just take the moment and make it perfect. So sometimes, well, we're waiting for the perfect moment. But you know what? Let me just tell you. I, I just don't think there is a perfect moment. You've got to take the moment and make it perfect. Now, what in this world, this life is perfect? Nothing but Jesus, right? So if I'm going to take, 
if, if you know, since I can't wait for a perfect moment because there's not any perfect moments, I got to take the moment. I got to take my present. I got to take where I am, where I am right now, and I got to make it perfect. And the only way I can make it perfect is to give it then to the perfect one. And when he takes it and it's in him, then that's where, like the Apostle Paul says, in him we live and move and have our being. Since there's no perfect moment, I got to take the moment and make it perfect. So I surrender to God. That's that uh, the Kairos moment, that uh, God's timing, and he takes it then, and he will work it then and cause things to happen for y'all. Still awake in here? Yeah, okay, I'm just checking. All right, so, uh, uh, you know, you can't wait, you can't always wait for a perfect moment, so you got to take the moment and make it perfect. How do you do it? You give it to God. You know, we thought it was such a blessing, and, you know, God blessed me with this, and, and we get these things, and, and you know what else, what else I've learned? Uh, maybe see if you agree with this I jotted this down as a fact that every blessing doesn't come to stay every blessing doesn't come to stay it comes but then maybe it doesn't stay Um, every relationship wasn't meant to last every friend isn't going to be a lifelong friend again I'm just this is just some of the things I jotted there's some notes I was taking in God's presence here asking him for some keys some wisdom keys Every friend isn't going to last, isn't going to be a lifelong friend. Are you serious? Think about the friends you've had over your life, during the course of your life. And, you know, maybe they weren't lifelong friends. Maybe they were friends at that particular time. And maybe God helped to use them to take you to another level. Whether it was good or bad, whether that relationship was good or bad, it might have still brought you to another level for him. You know, God will send people into your life for a season. We've heard that because you needed them at that time in our life. So don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about it. Um, if, if they walk away, if they don't, uh, you know, don't just stand there and, and maybe at, at the tomb, you know, where this, this thing died and, and keep trying to, to uh, you know, raise the dead, whatever. Uh, you know, it, God, yeah, let it go. <laughs> that was what that song was, let it go, let it go, <laughs> right? <laughs> don't don't stand there uh, at the tomb of what used to be and, and trying to get what used to be um, uh, to be what is because what used to be isn't going to work for what is right now, right? Are y'all getting this? I, I know the grammar's not right, but I'm trying to emphasize here. If they walk away, you know, again, um, they walk away. Uh, if you would have uh, uh, needed them, uh, you know, if, if we need them in our future, then God will allow them to walk with us and help us and because he's the one that's directing. So we don't want to, again, we're not going to fall apart. We're going to fall into place. And when we're into place, then God brings people alongside of us to walk with us and to help us through those next steps. God will do it, but we've got to keep our eye upon the Lord. And then when that relationship or when that friendship or whatever, when it's time to move apart, that's okay. Because maybe God didn't intend for it to be okay. He's going to bring you, connect you to another place. So, you know, sometimes God doesn't um, do what we think he should do. That's another fact I jotted down. You know, that in, in our broken times um, and trying to keep from getting bitter. Because if we don't understand these things, we can get bitter. We can get bitter at somebody that, that left us, you know, and, and went, uh, went some other direction. We can get bitter over that. We can get broken and then we can get bitter over But God doesn't want us to go down that path. And so we have to realize that, that uh, there's a fact that says that sometimes God just doesn't do what we think that he should do. Any thoughts come to your mind of how God did something that they didn't think that he should do it like that way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, well, the flood would have been one thing, not this flood, but the flood, Noah's flood would have been one thing, you know, that, you know, they didn't expect God to do it that way. What about, um, what about Lazarus? Lazarus got sick. They sent for Jesus. And uh, he didn't even take the, the text message, you know, till three or four days later, you know, before he pulled out his smartphone and, and checked his messages. And uh, they said, you know, come. And so finally, when he does go, well, now uh, Martha meets him out there on the road, you know. And Lord, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. You know? Now, uh-oh, I think, did we sense a little bit of bitterness rising up there, Martha? Lord, if you'd have been here. Yeah, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. If you'd have done what, God, if you'd have, and so we're always trying to tell God, if he'd have done it our way, then everything would have worked out. Because God don't all, but God doesn't always do things the way we think he should. That's a fact, all right? Jot it down, remember, because he's not, he's for sure not going to do it the way you have it figured out, because if he does, then, then we might be wondering, well, you know, maybe that was just a coincidence. God's so predictable. God wants to be unpredictable that's so that he that there's no other way that it could have happened except for God but so here's Martha you know Lord if you'd have been here he wouldn't have died and you know Jesus looks at her and of course I think he his heart's broken he weeps it says Jesus wept uh, at that point the shortest verse in the Bible and I think maybe part of it was because you know it's like Martha I mean you know man we were so tight you know Lazarus and you and your sister, I mean, we were tight. And all of a sudden, I mean, you've gone from all this to, like, you're in my face saying, you know, if you'd have been here, he would have died. If you'd have done it the way you're supposed to do it, you know, he would have died. Now my brother's dead. Well, wait a minute. I'm the resurrection and the life. Don't you believe that he's going to live again? Well, yeah. On the resurrection, he's going to live again. But what, you know, but what about now? You know, I'm, she's, she's thinking about See, the, when they make, if I was... Uh, directing and producing movies for, you know, these Christian movies about the life of Jesus, boy, it'd be a whole lot different than what I see. They're always like, you know, he's just so solemn, and, and they come in, Lord, if you'd have been here, you know. And it's like, there's no big deal about, no, huh? She was upset. She went out there to meet him. I'm going to tell you, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, oh. and she just kept, you know, following him, getting in his face, and he said, don't you believe I'm the resurrection? Yeah, I believe it when, on the day of, we're going to see him again on the resurrection. He said, no. Yet shall he live. He's going to live right now. Show me where they laid him. Well, now he's stinking. <laughs> he stinks now. <laughs> so that'd just be another mess I have to mess with. <laughs> you know, Jesus, you're just causing me more and more trouble, more and more messes. Everything I got, I got to clean up more. Wow. <laughs> Bitterness. If you don't watch out, your brokenness turns to bitterness, and it can turn like that overnight. Have you ever noticed that with somebody? All of a sudden, I mean, something happened, and it's like, whoa, whoa, what happened? I mean, sometimes that bitterness, can, it can hit fast in some people's lives. Right? None, none of y'all here, but we know all the people. That <laughs> she wasn't thankful that he would. She could say, oh, thank you, Jesus, for coming. You know, I mean, Lazarus went on. He, he's dead, but thank you so much for coming by. I didn't hear any thank you on any of that stuff there about Lazarus. No thank you about coming or whatever. If you'd have been here, if you'd have listened to me, if you'd have come when I sent for you, Jesus, come here now. We want him, we want him to be serving us. Uh, <laughs> so when life doesn't turn out the way that we think it should, we look for somebody to blame. Now be careful. We've got to learn this because... In your brokenness, and maybe, I mean, 
You could lay it all out. You could draw it all out, and you can prove that it was that person's fault. My brokenness is because of them. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. You know, don't because that's just going to produce some bitterness in you. Right? Um, so here's another fact. Periodically, throughout your life, we're going to hit some turbulent places. Right? Okay. Um, if you're not careful, bitterness will creep into your life because you will take this as an indication that life is over, that that situation is over, that there's no hope there anymore. And so we take the hopelessness and we take the brokenness and we take the, uh, you know, everything and we just think it's it and we give up. And so now then we're, we just drop it and we're broken because of this turbulence that has come. And we think even God doesn't care because if God would have cared, he would have been there when I needed him to be there, right? And so we get bitter at God. Let me tell you something. If somebody's bitter at God they're gonna, and you're in church and you're going to church, they're going to be bitter at you because when you see them or they see you, you represent to them Jesus because of your testimony, right? And they're going to be mad at you. It's like, well, what are you mad at me for? I didn't do nothing. I've been praying for you. Look. They're bitter at God, they're going to be bitter at you. You're going to fall right into the line. They're going to be bitter at, their past, at, at the pastor for sure, I can tell you that, you know, because and mad at the church, that church didn't this and that, whatever. You heard that before? Yeah, that's what's going to happen. So, uh, you know, they're going to get bitter because, um, uh, you know, we, we just think that everything's over and we're going to blame somebody. We've got to have somebody to blame. And, you know, um, in, in the story of Ruth and, and Naomi, um, you know, Naomi was Ruth's mother-in-law. And um, there was a, 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 one of the ladies there, or well, Na Naomi at the one time said, you know, when she lost her husband, she lost her sons, they all got killed. And she, uh, so she said, you know what, don't call me Na Naomi anymore. You know, I'm not happy. And I don't, you know, don't, I don't want that. You know, have you ever been ex happy and, and maybe you're, full of joy and you're smiling and you get something oh, get that smile off your face what are you ha so happy for they're if they're miserable they want everybody to be miserable right and she said you just call me mara mara and that word means bitter because i'm bitter because i lost my husband i lost my sons i lost everything for my whole future you know that, that was the woman her as a woman there it was in her husband or her sons to help continue this on down so that she'd have a place and find her identity within them and she said you know what don't call me naomi call me mara bitterness because she felt like she had lost everything she had here's another key for overcoming brokenness and bitterness don't let life make you change your name don't let life make you change your name you know sometimes we lose our identity because we think we identify with the car or we think we identify with certain possessions or this or that or what and so when something happens to that now we're going to get upset and we're going to change. And, and the identity that we thought we had is going to change to some other identity. We're going to just take on a new form, you know. And now we're going to go that way because we are bitter. We're mad. We're upset, right? But don't let life cause you to change your name. 
Find your identity. In him we live and move and have our being. What it ought to do is cause us to become more and more like him. Yeah, we need to be, we, we need to put off ourselves, and we need to be, you know, like John says, you know, that I need to become less and less that he might increase. I'm, I need to decrease so he can increase. Well, in my life, I need to decrease in, in who I am, my old self, but I can become more and more like him. But, you know, that's a different thing. That's growing up in him. That's, you know, that's, discovering our true identity of who we really are in him but you know uh not us changing it in the sense of like you know what i've, I've had it with that you know so don't let life uh you know uh, make you change your name and go out and do something people get mad and they never like they never want to come to church again this and that something happens and they don't ever want to see you again they don't want to see anything else again because they're mad they want they're looking for something else and they miss what god wants to do in the whole situation don't let things on the outside contaminate the person on the inside because when that can begins to contaminate the person on the inside then uh that's changing us then and we're being you know our real life in christ is being sucked out and we're being defiled by these circumstances and situations because bitterness is growing up and if you don't watch it it'll produce a root of bitterness so if you're not careful a, a series of losses in our life will affect how you feel about yourself you know you even get to thinking well, and we sure don't want to say it was my fault that all this happened so we've got to blame somebody else right i'm in the situation i'm in because this person didn't do that and that person didn't do that and if they'd have done that i wouldn't be here where i am today well, wait a minute don't you just get off all that stuff stand up and take some responsibility you know like one person i can't help it if when i was being raised they didn't teach me any responsibility <laughs> not my fault when <laughs> it's not not my fault they didn't teach me how to oh, are y'all getting that that's real <laughs> still can't take it's not my fault that i didn't learn how to do that <laughs> that's what we want to blame you know hey because it's surely not our our fault yeah, so don't let this, the, the troubles, the trials on the outside begin to affect the way that you, um, that you live your life and uh, that you, how you feel about yourself and how you see life and how you perceive life and how you approach the future. Because when you allow bitterness to come in on your brokenness, you don't even see a future. You just keep seeing the past. And you just keep you know, going back to the tomb of, where, of the hurts and, and the sorrows and where it brought me down. And then we just get more bitter and bitter and bitter because of the fact that we're not where we think that we ought to be right now. So we can't even see a future. So another key, don't allow your past to bleed into your present and pollute your future. Don't allow those past troubles and brokenness bleed into your life and pollute your future because it'll destroy it the thief comes to steal to kill and to destroy jesus said i've come that you might have life and have it to the full have it more abundantly hallelujah so here's a couple other facts i jotted down when bitterness gets on you you give up we do and if i'm bitter if i, if I got mad at jeff i'm giving up on jeff you know, I'm, I'm mad at him, I'm bitter at him, and so I'm giving up on him. And I'm giving up on a lot of other things. I'm giving up on my, my, my goals and my ambitions out through here, and I'm just going to find me another path to go down. And so bitterness will cause you to lose your future. Um, uh, you know, 
here's another, the other fact is, you know, well, first of all, on that, all optimism, you know, goes out the window <laughs> when you allow uh, that, those things, bitterness, when it gets on you. And when you begin to give up, you just give up all optimism. Another fact is that when you have a root of bitterness down inside of you, it contaminates your judgment. How you decide, decide things and perceive things. And, and so what do we usually do? We begin to look at and we're judging out of our bitterness rather than out of the spirit of Christ that's in us, right? Most problems in life are because we act without thinking and then we keep thinking without acting. <laughs> One of the two. Most of the problems that we have in our life is we uh, act without thinking. Boom, we just go. Well, it causes, or we just keep thinking and not acting. So we're never doing anything. So we've got to be careful about that. We've got to be in Christ. We've got to not fall apart, but we've got to fall into place, find our place in him, and see how that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. This thing's going to make me better. It's not gonna, I'm not going to allow it to make me bitter. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Verse 14 and 15 when the Apostle Paul is writing to the Hebrews, he tells them some things, some very important things about bitterness, about a root of bitterness, and he tells them some things that they need to be aware of. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, he says, make every effort. Now he's stressing this, make every effort, do everything you can to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. So, and, he, and you say, well, I've done that. I was doing that. And look at you know, there's those idiots, they can't see that, <laughs> right? There's your, there's your perception, right? <laughs> uh, but make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Holy is set apart, to be like God, to be godly. Then he says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You won't, without holiness, you won't be able to see the Lord in this situation or in that person's life right Jesus hanging on the cross two thieves on each side but he could still Jesus wasn't bitter he wasn't bitter that some that you know that the people chose uh, Barabbas over him he could have been bitter about that he could have been bitter about a lot of things and when that one thief said you know Lord you know can I be with you today and you know uh, you know, help me you know have pity on me a sinner Jesus wasn't bitter at him he said today you're gonna be with me in paradise so um Paul goes on to write there in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, uh, verse, verse 14, make every effort to live in peace and uh, with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So see, in your trouble, in your trial, in your challenge, uh, then what happens is God then begins to release his grace. Remember, Paul was, was praying, and he says, you know, three times, God, I sought you three times about this situation. And you haven't done it. You didn't do anything. Now, Paul was starting to get a little edgy there, starting to get, almost getting bitter. And, uh, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. That's what he kept telling. I've released grace, Paul. You're not, in, you're not walking in my grace. You're not walking in my favor or my favors, what I'm giving to you, this gift through grace. Uh, what you're doing is you're over here, you're, you're mad because I ain't doing it the way you want me to do it. Remember, God doesn't always do it the way we think he should do it. So Paul's starting to get a little edgy over here, but God says, 
my grace is sufficient for you. And so as he's writing to the Hebrews, he says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no, one, uh, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So if we don't recognize God's grace for us in the situation and, and fall into place, we fall apart rather than falling into place falling into place in his grace that's, that's surrounding me, that's coming to me during this time. It's more than enough, so I just need to find that strength in his grace and know that I can get through this thing. I can do it. I can do it. I, I don't have to do it the way, you know, like what used to be, but what is. I'm going to use what is right now and his grace to get through this thing. Not what it used to be, because I'm not where I used to be. I'm moving on into him. And now in this trial, this tribulation, I'm going to step into more of God's grace. And his grace is more than enough. And so it doesn't matter what it used to be. Right now, I'm going to, I'm going to use what is. And what is present right now is his grace. Uh, y'all, uh, I know you're thinking real hard. That's what it is. So if we fall short of his grace, uh, the grace of God, that no bitter root, then a, this root of bitterness begins to grow up in us, begins to spring up within our soul, within our spirit. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so this root of bitterness begins to grow up into, you know, fill into our mind. And we get to thinking about, you know, how much we hate these people, you know, and, and dislike these people and despise these people and our will then begins to be set against them and our emotions are, you know, we're, we're discouraged, we're downcast, we're, we're angry. And so all these things begin to come rather than the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that ought to be being seen in my trial, in my, my circumstance, my trouble that comes. God's grace, when, when God brings His grace, He's sure not bringing, you know... Um, you know, such bitterness towards someone, he's bringing love. Verse 14, again, he says, you know, as we look at that, he talks about make every effort. What I see out of here is that, that a peaceful spirit drives away bitterness. If I'm, he says, make every effort to live in peace. So, you know, well, I'm the one that, you know, I'm hurting and they need to help me. Wait a minute, you put forth every effort to live in peace. Don't let that anger and that frustration come out even to a person that's you know like you couldn't hardly stand before you went through your trouble but live in peace because a peaceful spirit is going to drive away bitterness and and also holiness because we've got to set ourselves apart for god and so without holiness no one can see the lord is what he says without holiness no one can see the lord so we're not going to see the lord in this situation hmm. we've got to see god in our pro- in our trouble right in this problem, I've got to see the Lord. I've got to see, where's God moving? Where's God working in this situation? But without holiness, I'll never be able to see him. I won't see the Lord in this situation. I'm just going to see that person did it, and this person did it, and they won't help. And now I'm mad, and I'm frustrated, and the root of bitterness is growing up inside of me. He says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone so that, uh, and to be holy. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. So, would you agree or disagree that being upset and then also upsetting people will affect how we see God? We don't think about it, but that's what his word says. So, being upset and upsetting other people, and sometimes isn't that our mission? We're upset, so we want to upset somebody else. If I'm going to be upset, everybody's going to be upset, right? I mean, we don't, 
say those things, but it's cranking around in that old nature somewhere, isn't it? But if we are upset, and then we are upsetting other people, and I can just tell you, if you're upset, you're going to upset somebody else. Man, that's a hard thing, isn't it? Isn't it hard? Wow. Can you imagine? The next time you get upset, try to live peacefully, peaceably with everyone. First thing that's going to happen is whatever makes you edgier, right? <laughs> Honey, I'm sorry. I have to ask forgiveness for hollering at you when I was upset. And maybe you were telling me, you know, just trust the Lord or whatever, you know. And you were saying nice things and kind things to me. And I just told you, forget it. That makes me even more upset. <laughs> so what does that do? It upsets her. <laughs> now, so she won't talk to me for two or three days and then when I'm over it, when I begin to receive God's grace, well, she didn't get God's grace for that. She's just still mad at me. <laughs> Without holiness, no one will see the Lord, <laughs> right? And so we, we just want to, so be careful. So we're to live peacefully. Our, our brokenness or our fracturing at that particular time is going to spill out, and it's just going to begin to work bitterness, and bitterness is going to be harder and harder for us then to overcome the things that we need to overcome. So, here's a key. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> right? It's so hard to come back from a wreck. You're like, man, I wish I hadn't said that. Oh, wow. So now then, not only you have this problem going on, you got another problem because you created it. So you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. How do you do that? <laughs> Invite the Lord. To search, like David said, oh boy, I've been, I made a mess of this. Search me, O oh God, and know my ways. See if there be any wicked way, any rebellious way, any iniquity in me. You know, and renew a right spirit in me. <laughs> That's what David, renew a right spirit in me. I just wish it would have let us in on a little bit of the inside of the, some of the other stuff that was happening. Can you see David, you know, walking through the palace, you know, and he's all upset. Wow. Yeah, kicks the cat, you know, and so... Here we go. Everybody's like, stay clear of him. Wow, you know, he's, he's a mess today. He got up on the wrong side of the bed, you know. Wow. Make every effort to live in peace is what it says. So check yourself before you wreck yourself. And you begin to wreck yourself, and then you're going to wreck others around you. Um, so check yourself before you allow a normal period in your life. Troubles come. Trials come. So before you allow a normal period in your life to become a root of bitterness, you better check yourself. You're going to allow uh, uh, a little sprout of bitterness to grow up into a, whole, a root of bitterness. And ultimately, you're going to defile yourself. Your whole self is going to be defiled. Have you ever met people that they're so bitter at something that they're just kind of like, oh, you don't even really like to be around them? Why? Because they're defiled. Their spirit and their soul has been defiled because of this bitterness. If that's not the kind of people we want to be, is it? So turn loose of it. Get rid of it. Um, you know, it affects your heart and your passion or your, you know, your drive of what you want to do, you know, and, and serving the Lord. It affects that. I mean, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to do that anymore, you know. It affects how you talk. Ooh. It affects how you think, right? And so, man, this is really, really important. It's really important. A few weeks ago when David Shibley was here and that Sunday night, man, I mean, y'all didn't come. 
some of you did. And so I really prayed about it, and I really felt directed to the Lord as a shepherd to let the sheep know that there's some important things going on, you know. I mean, we don't, we don't go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday for this, and, you know, Tuesday for these meetings, whatever, you know, like we used to. We're not, that's not a big deal, but, but that there's some caution, some really important cautions because of the time that we're living in that we need to be very sensitive to the Lord. We're living in a time of Laodiceaism and a falling away, and so we need to be cautious. And so I uh, really felt prompted to do that. I've never done that in my life, you know, just it's not in my nature to do that. So I, I, I wrote that letter. I read it, asked Sandy to pray about it. She read it. She said, okay, okay. So now then, there's some people that's taken up an offense of that. And they're mad at me, and they're bitter and upset. I, I hate that. I don't want that. But yet I have to be obedient, you know. I mean, as a shepherd, I've, I've got to make sure that I'm looking out for the well-being of the flock. And if sometimes that that's, even if, you know, unknowingly, if we do something that doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but yet maybe to God it is a big deal, and we need to be made aware of those things, that's my job. And if I don't do that, then, hey, you know, I'm not going to just get it. A, a textbook or I mean a Facebook message or something like that God's gonna you know he's gonna chase me because I, as a pastor I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do but well, thank you thank you amen and it's not you know we don't want to go around doing that's like your kids you know you don't want to just wouldn't you rather just have a, a good time and and buy them presents and stuff and do some fun things you know without having to get on to them I remember looking at two of my kids one time and I said do you really think I enjoyed doing this I'd rather us be doing something else than, than this, you know. And so, anyway, so we have to be careful. But some people now, I'm sure now they're bitter, or they're, if they don't watch it, they're going to get bitter. And usually that happens because of we get upset because why? Because we got caught. <laughs> it's like the thief <laughs> at jail. You know, they're really mad at the court and mad at everybody else and mad at it, it being in jail. Why? It's because they got caught. <laughs> it's not that, you know, they still don't want to admit. What they did wasn't right. It's just they're mad because they got, got caught. And so these things begin to affect the way we perceive things and the way we judge things and other people and the way we talk and the way we think. And we've got to be careful because then what we're doing is in the midst of, you know, well, I just can't believe that. Can you believe that? I've just never seen that side of the pastor before. Can you just believe that? And so here we are. And, and so we've got to be careful because he might be in a, a time of brokenness. And that one little piece, and he's floating on a very delicate piece of the ship <laughs> trying to get to shore. And here I am dumping stuff on that, and that little board, that little broken piece wasn't designed to carry all that, right? Hello. That's where we've got to be careful, where we have to be real careful. So, fact is, I jotted down a fact. When you're bitter, you can't trust your own judgment. We can't, although we think it's right and we think it's justifiable. But we've got to be careful because we can't trust our own judgment. So don't even get to a place of that. Um, so, and here's a key. So we need, again, we've got to understand these keys to know this is the way, this is normal in life. These keys tell us this is, this is normal. So if I understand this, then I'm not going to let the brokenness overcome me and I'm not going to get bitter over it. Key, life's best successes come after the disappointments. Life's best successes come after the disappointments. And that's usually the case. Some of the, the best inventions or 
things, whatever companies that have been started or whatever have come out of some disappointments or out of some brokenness, out of a certain need. But in that need, that time of need or brokenness, that person became creative and then had, has tremendous success now because of the brokenness, because of the trial, because of the circumstance that they went through. Hello. Amen. Here's another thing about a caution about bitterness. Bitterness will cause you to walk away from a thing that is valuable and you think it's worthless. Or from a relationship that's valuable but you think it's worthless because you're bitter. You think that it's bitter. So bitterness will affect you. It affects your judgment. It affects your way of thinking or your way of talking. Um, it affects everything in your life. And what, we, what happens is, is we don't realize that it really takes time. You know, we're mad at God because he didn't do it. You, if you'd have been here, Lord Lazarus wouldn't have died. And what we do, we're mad, we're bitter now because we don't really realize that it takes time for a blessing. Sometimes it takes time for a blessing to come. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean? God's God. He can just go right then, you know. I mean, he can just do it, you know, in a day. Yeah, well, a day with the Lord's a thousand years. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, uh, he's not on the same time schedule that we are. But sometimes we don't realize, you know, that uh, it's just going to take time to bless me. To bless me. Those things, you know, it's a process. Uh, and so I jotted down some things, that some dangers of giving up too soon. You know, because we get bitter, we get mad because God didn't show up when we needed him to show up. So what happens, uh, some of the dangers of giving up too soon is that we give up on people. We give up on relationships. We give up on careers. We give up on life. You know, we leave a job because of such and such. And it didn't work out the way we wanted, this or that, or that person. And we're giving up on a career. And God said, just hold on a little bit. It just takes a little time for me to bless you. Oh, well, you don't know what I have to put up with. Oh, really? I created you. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. Up you. you know, we don't realize, so we're giving up on people. We're giving up on, we give up on life because we just don't see it at that point in time. And God says, just wait a minute. It takes a little while to bless you. <laughs> uh, you know, we can't make good decisions. We're in that state of allowing bitterness to come because of our brokenness that happened in our life. And uh, so, you know, you just can't make good decisions when they come from a bitter heart. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 the Apostle Paul telling, he writes here and he says in verse 31 of Ephesians 4, get rid of all bitterness. All bitterness? There's more than one kind? <laughs> get rid of all bitter, every ounce of it. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgive them. So what we do is, well, I love you in the Lord. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, so you're going to give up a little bit of bitterness, but you're going to hang on to some of it. You know, I don't love you myself, but, you know, because Jesus told me to, I have to love you. So I'm going to love you in the Lord. You ever heard? I used to hear that as a, well, I, oh, I just love you in the Lord. I thought, so that means outside of him you don't love me? <laughs> I don't, I'm sure they didn't mean that, but I think there were some people that meant that, you know. Um, so we have to be careful. So he says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of it. Let it go. Get rid of it. Give it up. So that's a key. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Let it go. Shake it off. Just say, I am not going to get bitter over this situation. Go to, back to the, the tomb. <laughs> go back to the brokenness 
where it happened, where it occurred, and just get rid of the bitterness. Forgive the person or persons. Forgive them. It's a, it, you need to get free of this thing. You know what I've noticed is men can get, rid, get over things quicker than women can. I mean, it's a fact. It really is a fact. I mean, you know, sometimes it don't bother me so much sometimes. Huh? Okay, well, I'm over that anyway, so. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, all the years I've been pastoring, I've been in ministry over 40 years, but I've been pastoring a little over 30. I've never had a man come to me and just cry, oh, oh, oh. Pastor, I want you to pray for my relationship. And I, she's married somebody else, but I know that she that that we're to be together. And I know in, in my heart we're still married in the spirit. Let me just tell you something, ladies. If there ain't nothing in the flesh, there ain't nothing in the spirit for guys. Okay, <laughs> I mean they're over, they're over it. Guy, he he gonna go find somebody else. I'm telling you that he, he he's, he's over it, you know. But then women, the rest of their life, oh, and they'll just be, you know, so heartbroken because I know he's really my husband. He's gone. He's moved on. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> you, be, you ought to be glad God took him out of your life. Get over it, you know. <laughs> don't just stay there in, in your bitterness. I don't know if that's working or not. <laughs> she's, I never heard him say, she's the wife I need, to, I need her to be. You know? No, I mean, she's gone. <laughs> She's married. Get over it. That's why I don't really do a lot of counseling. I've, got, I've, taken, I've taken courses on counseling. I'm supposed to be a counselor. I was a licensed chemical dependency counselor. But you know what? I just kind of like, get over it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay, you got something else? <laughs> they said, don't you have any Kleenexes on your desk? No, I don't keep any in here. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> when pain gets down inside of you, if you don't walk in the word, you're going to let it be bitterness uh, allow uh, come into bitterness. And so, you know, well, the thing is is that women are nurturers, you know? And I mean, they nurture things. You know, like with the kids, oh, well, come here, mama take care of you and nurture them. And that's good. It's good when it applies to life. But when it applies to pain, don't keep nurturing that pain and letting it, that pain stay alive. It'll bring it back up. Oh, oh, come, come here, mama. Let's just nurture this pain. And that pain then stays alive and it begins, keeps hurting you. Hurt. I'm saying that, ladies. I'm not making fun of you. I'm telling you that as a caution. Be careful, you know. And, then, and don't get mad at us guys if we're already past it. It's like, no, what? Are you serious? I, I, that's already done, you know. But no, you've got to be careful because what will happen is you'll nurture that pain and that, that brokenness, and it'll stay there, and it continues to grow and become bitter, and, and it'll work bitterness. <laughs> that's right. See, so God designed us that way. Hey, here's an example. For instance, you remember the story of David when the child was real sick, you know, him and Bathsheba, they had this baby, and it wasn't, you know, wasn't the way it's supposed to be, but anyway, but, and he's out, he's, he's fasting, and he's got, uh, you know, sackcloth and ashes, and he's, and he won't eat anything, and he's just, he's crying, he's, he's heartbroken, and they come in, and they say, David, the baby died, he goes, okay, <laughs> get up, wash my face, <laughs> you know, now I'm dancing before the Lord, and I'm over this thing, and Bathsheba, she's, oh my God, for it. She couldn't get over it. It was just on and on and on. He's like, come on, he's dead. Come on, let's, get, let's have another baby. You know, he's over. That's the first thing guys think of, let's have another baby. 
And he washed his face and he's, you know, and put on some fresh clothes and he's on his way. That's it. That's done. Let's go on, you know. Don't let it hold you back. So what happens when something happens and you can't get over it? Well, that won't take long. <laughs> what happens when something happens in your life and you just can't get, on to, uh, get over it? I guess the question is, you have to, are you holding on to something that you need to let go of? If you're holding on to it, just let that thing go. And it hurts to let go sometimes. It really hurts to let go, but sometimes it hurts more to hold on. And so you have to say, if, if it's going to hurt me more to hold on to this thing, even though it hurts to let it go, I, gotta, I have to let it go. And so, you know, sometimes getting over a painful uh, things are, are really different. C.S. Lewis made this statement. He, he, I jotted this down. He says, getting over a painful experience is a lot like crossing monkey bars. He says you have to let go at some point in order to move forward. Now, that's, that's a good statement, you know. And so we've got to let go so we can keep moving on forward. And if we don't, it's going to hold us back. You know, life's best successes do come after disappointments. And so we have to move on. Isaiah chapter 43, we looked at this a few weeks back. Verse 18, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Now it springs up. You know, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He said, I'm making a way. You don't, it's not going to be like it was. I, you can't use what was. You've got to use what is. And he says, I'm making a new way. I'm doing a new thing. And I'm making a way for you, streams in the desert. And uh, so um, here's the key. When people can walk away from you, let them walk. Let them walk. Let them go. You know, if, if they won't stand for, if they won't stand with you in the small things, they sure ain't gonna stand with you in the big things. You say, "Well, Pastor, is that scriptural?" First John, two, nineteen. Open it up and, and look at it. Let's look at this. First John chapter two, verse nineteen. He says, "They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going should." showed that none of them belong to us if they belong to you if they're really with you they'll stay with you if they don't they're going to go on so let them go because if you try to keep keep hold on to something it's not going to work they're going to be miserable you're going to be miserable it just doesn't work so let them go in fact paul even t says uh, concerning marriage in in first corinthians chapter 7 he says if if an uh, unbeliever if you're married and that unbelieving spouse if they want to depart he says let them depart he said let them go he said, God didn't cause you to suffer wrath. Amen. I got a good amen out of that one. <laughs> amen. I mean, sometimes, look, because a lot of times we get guilt. We get guilt as, as a Christian, and, and maybe you feel all this pressure, and there's some stupid Christians that don't understand the Word of God, you know, that's going to put bondage on you. But Paul said, let them go. He says, God didn't call you to suffer wrath, you know, so let them go. And... Um, uh, and, and so you need to realize that, that sometimes God will take people out of your life. And if they're, if they're not with you for the, through the small things, they sure aren't going to be with you through the big things. Amen. <laughs> Amen. People leave you because they're not joined to you. Right? That's what the, that's what the Bible says. And when they're not joined to you, you can't make them stay. But that's the problem. A lot of times, there's a lot of women, they're going to try to make them stay, you know. But, and I'm saying, let them go. <laughs> it's, <laughs> make them stay and, and guys are the same way but uh, you know when the wrong people leave your life then right things begin to happen 
So watch the relationships that you have because when wrong people leave, right things begin to happen. Well, we're going to have to pull this, all this wisdom stuff down. I, I got a lot of mo. I got a lot of mo. A lot of, a lot of these keys. Maybe I'll just post them on Facebook or whatever. But people, here's the thing. Don't let your brokenness grow up in you and spring forth into bitterness. It doesn't produce anything good at all. Can we pray together this morning? Let's bow our heads this morning to pray. I want you to check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right? And, and, and so do that. The way you do it is before the Lord. So right now in his presence, let the Holy Spirit search you. Can you say, okay, Holy Spirit, I, I'm going to check myself with you and help me. Help me look at my life and see if there's something in where I was broken, where I was disappointed, where I felt like I was let down. Mephibosheth, remember that? The, the nurse dropped him and he was lame for life. Somebody dropped you. Maybe somebody dropped you. And you've been carrying around this lameness, this limp. You know what? Let it go. Go back to that place where you were dropped. Go back to that place where you were hurt, where you were wounded, where you uh, feel like that you were broken. Examine it. See if, there's, if you've been dragging that thing around with you. God's saying, let it go. I got something new for you. Forget the former things. Put that thing down. I, you know, get on this little broken piece of uh, plank here from the ship, from that shipwreck, and come on, get to shore because I got some, something better for you. So if there's some area in your life right now, why don't you just let it go, release it. Maybe somebody said something to you. Let it go. Let it go. They really might not have intentionally meant it. It might have just came out wrong in a way or something that you that the devil took and twisted it and made it seem that way. But they might have meant it. And if they did, let it go. Forgive them. Because God's got something more for you. Don't let that bitterness come in because you can't see God. You can't see the Lord. You can't see his will in your life. You can't see the vision he has for you in your life. You'll get discouraged and you'll get frustrated and you can even get bitter. And he'll pull you down. Satan will pull you down. See, you're rooted there in that thing, and you can't move forward because you've got this root that's holding you down. Don't take up roots there. <laughs> you know, find your freedom in the Lord. Let it go. So you're examining yourself. Holy Spirit, I, I thank you for just helping us, helping us to see where we were broken. And it's so easy to build up this case because we see that it, we're the one. We were the victim. We got hurt in this, and so we want to just... Line them all up and accuse somebody else. But help us just to just drop that. Help us to drop that and just find freedom in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for healing right now, healing the brokenhearted. Thank you for healing the brokenhearted right now. Lord, thank you for working in our life. Lord, if we focus on what we left behind, we're never going to be able to see what lies ahead. I believe something is about to happen. I, I feel in my spirit something is about to happen. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. And you're pruning and you're, you're allowing people to examine it. And if they're not, then, then they're, 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 being, they're being pulled. They're falling short of your grace that you're releasing. But Father, I believe something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Man, I, I'm just, as you're in his presence, as you're praying, allowing the Holy Spirit to move in you, I just declare today, I prophesy that something's about to happen in your life. 
Something's about to happen in your job. Something's about to happen in your marriage. Something's about to happen in your family. Something's about to happen in your business. Something's about to happen in your finances. Something's about to happen in your career. Something's about to happen in, in your spirit. Something's about to happen in your soul. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I, I wish this place was jam-packed today to hear this word. This, really, this one point, what we need it unveiled. We need it revealed so that we realize some of the tactics of the devil, how he holds people back. God, you, something's about to happen, and you're making us aware of some things that we need to check. And we need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves because it can't happen if we keep going back to the place and dragging out again and just blaming and getting angry we it's not it can't happen when we keep holding on to the old lord because what you're about to do in lives right now is not going to be done in a dead place <laughs> Father, it, it, our, our spirit and our soul needs to just be so refreshed we need to be holy we need to be set apart for you that's where you're going to work Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it, says the Lord? Don't keep trying to fix it. Don't keep trying to fix it. It's dead. It's broken. That ship is broken. It's not the way it was. It'll never be the way it was. So look to God. Let him change. And, and he can use the pieces cast your care upon him because he cares for you remember that to you know think about it. today is the tomorrow that you were worrying about yesterday and here we are it's not worth it lay aside those weights and the sin that so easily entangles lay aside those worries and those fears and the complaining and the and the brokenness lay it aside and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father, don't let us fall apart. Let us fall into place in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. We're going to fall into place. We're going to find our place in you. We're going to find our strength in you. We're going to find our peace in you. We're going to find our health and our provision in you. And Lord, as the Apostle Paul wrote, he said, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, praiseworthy, think on these things. That's what we need to be thinking on. That's where our mind needs to be, not on the past, not on the, the broken, not on where we were broken and, and all those things. Father, we want to keep our mind stayed upon you. Don't let the devil hold you back. Don't keep thinking about the mistakes you made. Think about the ones you're going to make. <laughs> Go, we'll make some more. <laughs> so don't, those are already happened. That's already happened. That's in the past. So don't keep thinking about the mistakes you made. The devil wants to keep you back there. Don't be think, think about the ones you're about to make. And pray and ask God to help you. Lead me, not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil. I want to think about the mistakes I'm about to make. And, and, and either prepare and find myself, my strength in the Lord, or where that I don't walk into those things. Father, just touch us today. Let us hear you. Let us find our strength in you. Father, let us get off of our blessed assurance and get to doing what you call us to do. 
I'm reminded of that saying, don't wait till the iron is hot, uh, the iron is hot to strike. Make the iron hot by striking. <laughs> Let us just do what you're calling us to do, Lord. Lord, you challenge us to each one reach one. And man, it seems like things are falling apart. Well, that means that the devil's nervous, but the harvest is still great. You're still on the throne, Lord. You still love us. You still care about us. Lord, we need to be about your business, not wallowing around in the past, not wallowing around in, in all this stuff. Father, we need to be out there looking for the harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, it's always the simple that produces the marvelous. Win the lost, develop the saved. Not getting mad at this or that or whatever, this person or that person, whatever. We serving you, Lord. It's all about you. Lord, it's during the darkest moments that we need to see your light, that we need to focus on the light and focus on you. So draw us near. <laughs> There's an old hymn. Near, O oh Lord. Nearer to the cross. Now, get victory over this thing. And your present circumstances right now, they don't determine where you can go. They just determine where you start. And you start right here. And you get victory right here. And you overcome the brokenness. And you don't allow bitterness to spring forth. And you don't fall apart. You fall into place and, and say, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am in him. I'm in him. And in him I live and move and have my being. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I, I'm going over. I'm not going under. Father, help us to see the things the way you see them. And with bitterness, we already read in that scripture, we can't see the Lord. Father, we don't usually see things the way they are. We usually see the things the way we are. So we got to change. We need to change. Father, help our prayers not be so directed about change this and change that and change that person and change that person. No, change us, God, because we usually see things the way we are, not the way things really are. Father, in this life, we're going to suffer persecution. We know that. Pain is inevitable, but suffering isn't. We can have victory in the midst of pain. Suffering is optional. Father, help us to love people and people were designed to be loved and things were designed to be used. So help us stop using people and loving things. Help us to love people and just use things, whatever we can use at our disposal to help us to be able to love them and show you your love more. God, we need your help. You said that you placed before us an open door. Lord, we heard that saying one door closes, another one opens, but we're so fixed on seeing that door closed that we just sit down in our brokenness, in our pity party, and saying, if you'd have been here when that door closes, we're not even seeing the open door. 
You said you're doing a new thing. We're not even a, in a position to see the new thing, to see the new open door because we're back over at the door that closed and just crying and whining and mad at you because you closed the door and we don't know why the door closed. And, but you've already opened, you placed before us an open door. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. So, Father, we don't need to predict the future. We, ought, we just create the future. I don't need to predict it. I, I just need to create it. And I, and I just need to walk forward in you. In you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we, we get down in our comfort zone, and anything that shakes us out of our comfort zone, we just get mad. We get mad. But, Father, I've realized, I've come to the realization that life begins at the end of my comfort zone. <laughs> That's where it really begins. That's where things really begin to take place. So we need to get up, turn loose of those things that's holding us back, and get move forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just come against envy and strife and jealousy. And Lord, we see your blessings on somebody else, and we sometimes we don't want to make it evident because we we got to appear so spiritual. But down inside of us, somewhere, something will rise up. Father, that's what we got to get rid of that. And and we don't realize that we we got to we thinking, well, where's my best? Where's my best? And Father, help us to realize that things work out best for those who make the best out of what things are, <laughs> out of how things work out. We're going to make the best out of the way things work out. We're going to move in you. And we're gonna, I let you to turn these things around for us, working for our good. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, right now, I, I thank you for releasing your strength, your peace, your grace in our lives. Help us to respond to your grace. Now, when I'm praying that, see, I know that that's not just like a... And it happens right now. His grace is coming into your life. And it's a matter of you responding to it and walking in it. And, you know, it takes time to be blessed. <laughs> it takes time for his grace to work in you so that you're walking in his blessing. But will you commit right now to receive his grace and realize that it's sufficient for you right now where you are? And not complain about where you are, but find out where that God is right there with you and begin to... <laughs> overcome these things and begin to use what what you have now is what you need begin to use what you have now and his supply will continue to come just purpose to him right now you you tell him you purpose that in your heart and your life to the lord right now and get rid of your frustration your 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 anger your disappointment your brokenness and, and bitterness that's there and say i've got victory i'm walking in victory with our heads bowed this morning, our eyes closed, we never want to end a service without giving someone an opportunity to accept the Lord. If you're here and you don't know, you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do so right now. You just raise your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Because I'm not sure where I'm going to spend eternity. Are you certain that you're going to be spending with Jesus? Let me encourage you. If you're visiting with us this morning, We'd like to ask people, to, if you'll give us a year, come visit. Every time the doors are open, you come 
and let God bless you. I, I, we believe that God will change your life. Your life will never be the same. Just give him, just give him a year. And if you're here, you've been here, and you haven't been doing that, we challenge you to do the same. And God will change your life. Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Pray for the church. If there's somebody that you recognize is not here today, check on them. They might be sick. People have been sick with flu and different things like that. Check on, see how they're doing. And uh, let them know you care.